One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go, 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 go. Welcome to the most must-hear sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I'm joined, as always, by Hanson McElvain. We are getting higher and higher quality every time you see us. Yeah, we are. Look at that. I actually got lighting now. And yeah, it's not ditto. Just, it's not just my bedside lamp hanging. Like, I have, the- like, this little corner. So, you know how, like, news reporters all have their little corner in their yeah. house where they do all their stuff? Yeah. This is my corner now because it's, like, a diverse corner. So... It's good for backlighting and everything. So all of a sudden, Seattle has the lead. Um, as always, well, there on are, there's only two scores. So I mean, yeah, but that was quick. They just scored two touchdowns in like a minute. Well, considering they were down two scores and Russ didn't miss a throw the entire game so far, they were bound to come back. Um, yeah. So as always on Sundays, we're recording during Sunday night football. It's we're about halfway through, well, a little more than halfway, or a little less than halfway through. The first or the second half here um we're gonna we actually have a lot to talk about so we're probably not gonna dive too deep into most of these games we're just gonna talk about the big headlines we are still gonna go through every game but we're only gonna touch on them pretty quickly because there's actually a lot that happens we're today. like there's not that much that went on and that was like what four hours ago and there's been three fi- two firings an nba champion a season ending injury of a contract player um some maybe even some trade possibilities popping up now huge scheduling issues when it comes to the nfl yeah which i called we called that that because pat Pat, well pat called it and i was like yeah that makes sense you agreed and repeated yes yeah yeah. well pat did the same thing so we're all getting (laughs) our information from somebody i can't wait to listen to pat tomorrow um so, yeah, I mean, we're going to start with the NBA finals. That's kind of the I it weirdly isn't the biggest thing, but it definitely I think it's because of how non-competitive the game was. I mean, yeah. it was all it was a blowout from the beginning. Well, In almost. the second quarter, I was watching with a couple buddies and we're all like, just wait, Jimmy's going to come back in the second half. Just wait, just wait. But then you remember Jimmy was like they it sounded like they had to carry him up to his room after he walked out for his interviews. I don't know if you saw the video. But his I, just, leg, I just saw the picture of him just like leaning on the score table. So after his interviews post game, he couldn't bend his knees walking down the stairs. He was so sore because well, he, was he, he averaging played, like he was averaging 46 minutes this finals. Well, so that last game, he sat 48 seconds. Jeez. And it was in like the third quarter. I mean, so. you, you got to commend the guy. I mean, Kawhi Leonard kind of did the same thing last year. Um, but geez, that's. Yeah, I mean, it, and it kind of showed. I don't know. It looked like it looked like he didn't have, you know, he didn't have what he had in the last few games. He obviously was a little exhausted, and the Lakers just kind of wanted it more. That's well, you know who was. their number two scorer was tonight. Well, who it, in their last game that where they won the last two actually, no. Duncan no. Robinson, mm. and when your undrafted Division three sharpshooter is your second leading scorer, I know he's been playing fantastic. It's just not sustainable. And I, I understand that Miami is the work ethic team and you have guys that pop up out of nowhere being your second, third scorer, but you can't expect that to happen every single game. 
So when you're playing against the be- arguably the best of all time in LeBron James, with who could arguably consider- be considered one of the best teammates of all time in Anthony Davis, at least in this pairing, you can't bank on some maybe option coming up out of nowhere to beat these guys. It's just not yeah. healthy. It's not a healthy, sustainable way to run a franchise. Yeah. Lakers looked real good. Obviously, I think I think this was the best outcome for the NBA only because of what happened eight months ago. I mean, the only almost- thing that would have been better is if they were wearing the black mama jerseys literally yeah. would have been it. That would have been that would have been pretty cool. I mean, it, 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 it it's still a shocker that that happened. I mean, it's already eight months ago. It, it was, doesn't seem real. Yeah, exactly. So I'm why, why are they celebrating now? Jeez. Um, it, it, it's just it's crazy to think about. And so it, it feels really good for the Bryant family. Um, there's probably at least there's smiles on the faces. I'm sure LeBron is extremely emotional right now. I saw him uh, crying almost immediately. J.R. Smith took his shirt off before the Two clock seconds. was done. Yep. Two seconds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for the Lakers. They tie the Celtics for all time titles at 17. Yeah. And you know what? There is a really good chance next year's finals are going to be Lakers Celtics. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, if you think about the progression of the teams, yeah. if, if if Anthony Davis stays in LA, because there's a chance he could still leave. So, because his contract is up. So if I'm him, I'm staying for sure. I mean, you won your chip with LeBron. Now you go prove that you could do it on your own. Stay I, with LeBron I, and win a well, few more. That I mean, that's you really have to think about that though. If you're Anthony Davis, you're you are in your absolute prime. Yeah, so stay with LeBron for two – sign a two-year deal or 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 just a one-year with a player option or something. Stay there for another year, win another title, and then leave or something. That's what I would do. Why not? Maybe, but I guess it'd be looking more like, like a team where he was in New Orleans and he didn't want that. But he got his ring, though. That's the thing. I, what I'm trying to get – the point I'm trying to get across is as soon as you get a ring, everything changes. Yeah. And that, that's just, that's how it works in life. You get married, you put a ring on it for some reason, some, everything fucking changes. It doesn't have to, but it does. And when you win a ring, especially when you're the second fiddle and a guy like Anthony Davis, who we're aware has some ideas in his head that he's one of the best in the world, which he arguably is, he might want to go prove that now. Because even next season, LeBron in his 18th year at 36, 37 years old, guess who's still the number one option on that team? Still Anthony Davis. Well, LeBron, it's LeBron's team is what I'm getting at. Well, yeah. And but yeah. But and do you want to be it's LeBron's team and Anthony Davis was his number one guy. Do you want to be Pippin the Jordan? Why not? At least for another year and then just and then go prove it. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he has to spend his career with the Lakers now, or, or with LeBron. But the thing is now, if you 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 straight you try to go another year, you do what Kevin Durant did, you tear your Achilles. Now, Kevin Durant got really lucky where he still had contract value, and Anthony Davis probably would too, but you're starting to look at, you know, maybe not so much down the line. So you just there's there's risks and stuff that you're taking. I if I were him, I would look at a team that has potential cap space to build for the future in an income state free area. It'll be an interesting offseason, and obviously that's going to start almost immediately. Like it's going to be a crazy month, uh, like for the NBA. I think it's it's going to be wild. I can't wait to, to get into it because, you know, offseason is usually the, the fun part and it's going to be even more fun. So because wait, it's going to be who so are the, the free agents? We can quick hit that really fast. 
I want to because I want to see that. Uh, That's a really good An- question. Anthony Davis, I know, is one. Yep. Um, NBA. Um, it, it, it's going to be kind of a mess because they don't really have a lot of time. DeMarcus Cousins. Mm. Um, but that's kind of known. Um, let's see. 2020 free agents. Gordon Hayward, Paul Millsap, DeMar DeRozan. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we like really, I guess it would be kind of last thing we end on in the NBA. Um, who do you think the Bucks are going to end up now with a point guard? Because they're going to be getting a point guard of some kind. Do you think they try to go for Chris Paul? And make that monster trade happen because that no. seems like it's the most realistic thing right now. I've already seen that they're not interested in Chris Paul. Uh, I don't know. I is it Giannis isn't, or the Bucks aren't. Giannis apparently was high on it, but apparently the Bucks aren't. That's what I saw a that's, few weeks that's, ago. Well, that's bad then because I it, I don't agree. I I don't know. See, in my in my mind, you just. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, you don't necessarily need a big name like that. Like I think DiVincenzo has been good enough where you can run and Giannis obviously runs point a lot too, where you can just run that. Like DiVincenzo is the one, but Giannis like runs the ball, but so does D like, I don't know if we necessarily need a big name point guard specifically rather than other positions and more depth. Um, I don't know. Well, and, then maybe it's not a point guard. Maybe it's a guy like DeMar DeRozan that brings up the ball and he can space out the floor because yeah. DeMar DeRozan is a good six, 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 seven. He's a three, but he's got hands, man. He was what a point Bledsoe? guard in Toronto. The The thing about Bledsoe is he either, he can't play well in the playoffs. We saw that in the bubble this year. We saw that in the playoffs last year. And he, we saw that when the whole time he was in Phoenix, he tended to have issues there. And when he was playing behind Chris Paul in LA, he even had issues then, but we just let it be because he was young. And now he can't make that excuse anymore. He's in a situation where he has the opportunity to shine and he's not making the most of it. It makes, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on a franchise to then go. Now this is going to be the third time that we're going to give him this opportunity. Are we going to risk it with our last year with Giannis when he hasn't made any concrete promises that he's staying? I, you don't take that risk. You go and get another point guard. You listen, you basically get whoever the fuck Giannis wants. Like that's not even like an exaggeration. Never in NBA history, except for maybe the exemption of LeBron and possibly maybe even Michael Jordan, but it was different in the nineties. Has a franchise listened to one player so much about the moves they're making. Never has this happened to this extent with the exception of LeBron. One of, LeBron's, one of LeBron's quote that just came out. I want my damn respect too. Woo. I, we, we were talking about this before we recorded. I'm actually still on, I'm still on the, the idea that Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time because LeBron hasn't won enough in the finals that, but that's which, and that that's a, such a small thing to argue about at that point. Like if there's a Mount Rushmore, they're right next to each other. Oh, so no. it doesn't, it doesn't fucking there matter. Will- they're one and two. You could call them one, two, or one. Honestly, a and B, the, the, one, yeah, they're they're one and one, and then yeah. it's three, you know, and then it's magic. So it, it's not even like it's, it's hard to argue. If I would have thought about it, I would have threw one of my Lakers jerseys on, but I kept my Colts jersey on, not because they won, because they didn't win, but because Rip Dak. Do you know what jersey this is? Is that your kicker, Pat McAfee? Oh. Oh, is that a Pat jersey? It is a Pat McAfee jersey, and I'm wearing it because the draft pick that Pat announced two years ago, Bobby Okariki, had an interception today. Nice. 
<laughs> just had to throw that I, out there. Pat Pat called him a future Hall of Famer when he announced him for the draft. Not, hey, you know, that's a good start. He's, he's, start somewhere. he's been a solid middle linebacker. I actually really like him, especially when uh, Darius Leonard was out for this game. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll get to that game. And now we're going to move into the rest of the Sunday slate games because not a lot happened as far as the games, but there's just a Which lot is of perfect for a bye week for us. Right. But there's a lot of just tidbits and news stories that are going into this. So we'll just kind of hit them as we go. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Houston Texans, the Texans getting their first win um, in their first game without Bill O'Brien. This looked like a different Texans team. They looked together. Uh, they almost looked relieved. <laughs> they looked together. Um and, you know, I think I, this is good uh, for the whole Texans organization. I think this is the right step. Now, I, this is against the Jaguars, so I don't think they're necessarily going to turn around. They're one of those teams so that they're a pain in the ass. No, they are. They love to stick around. But the Texans have also beaten the Jaguars seven times in a row now. So, I, they're not, I don't the think confidence they're gonna, when it's an NFL team. I don't think they're going to turn the team around. I don't think they're going to make playoffs no. or anything. But this is a big win. Um, for them. And this kind of brings in a lot of confidence in a lot of players and in the organize, organization as a whole. So you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, let's go. Let's go Panthers Falcons. We might as well, because big news coming out of Atlanta. Dan Quinn was is finally fired. Yeah, because here's why it's big news is because we thought this was going to happen last year. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and somehow they went on a streak and Dan Quinn kept his job. And then all of a sudden, just the same. Here's the thing about Dan Quinn and about kind of the culture change that we're seeing in the NFL. He's a defensive coach. And when you're a defensive coach, you need to have a good defense because you should, because that's the expectation. But you also need to bring in an offensive, an offensive minded guy to be your coordinator, whether you keep someone there or you bring in someone like you during your interview, you'd be like, you hire me. I'm this is who my offensive coordinator is going to be so that we don't have to so that I don't struggle in that department. I'll have a guy there. It didn't seem like Dan Quinn had that because the offense seemed to struggle a lot um, and the defense wasn't good, especially the past two years. And when you're a defensive coach, like there's not a lot of argument for you to stay. I'm surprised he lasted this long. I'm glad he's gone too, because it just hasn't been good for this Falcons team who is extremely talented. Like they should be so much better than they are. Um, but good for the Panthers. They're uh, three and two now without Christian McCaffrey. Um like they're, I think they're looking real good too. I still like their offense, especially when CMC comes back. I mean, they're an offensive heavy team with a defensive coach that just doesn't function well. And when you, like you said before, I think you, I'm going to keep it brief. You, you said that when you have a defensive coach, you have to have a defensive roster and that goes for any sport. And football is probably the biggest proponent of that. Like you, you need to have a good defensive, defensive minded coach and Obviously, this season of all seasons with scoring being the highest it's ever been, they they should have made moves that they didn't. And that's um, more than just his on the coach's shoulders. That's also in the organization. So it's beyond him. But definitely some coaching issues. It was the right move. I mean, the biggest example of that is when you look at Rex Ryan and what he did with the Jets. I mean, other yeah. than Mark, other than Mark Sanchez, can you name anyone on that Jets offense from that from those AFC championships? And why series? do you know who Mark who Sanchez is? It's because they had a great defense and a well-built team that knew what they were doing. On they were he wasn't a, that great of a quarterback by no. any stretch. <laughs> no, at not all. at all. Like he's but they went Tebow level. But they went to like two straight AFC championship games, three straight or something like they that. Built 
damn good roster with a really good coach, but the two mixed well. Exactly. And that's what we're seeing in Green Bay right now. That like we don't have the best receiving core in the world, but we got the best damn quarterback and a coach that gets along so well with him. You know who is the defensive coordinator for those Jets? Mike Patton. Packers defensive coordinator. Um, let's move on to the Bengals and the Ravens. I mean, oh boy, Joe Burrow. <laughs> this was rough. I mean, Ravens just absolutely trounced them 27 to three. At least they didn't go scoreless. Um, well, here's I what mean, I'll say. Joe Burrow has to learn how to lose still. I, I think that's a mental thing. You have to learn how to do when you've been li- winning your whole life. Yeah. So I, I think this is a really good learning experience for him. Um, the takeaway for this, if you really want to look at the silver lining, this Bengals defense held the Ravens to 27 points. They never really got going. Like, There's there a lot a of bright games. futures on that, on that orange team. Like, yeah, I was actually really impressed with how the Bengals kind of managed to slow down Lamar. And I don't know if that's just a trend that we're going to see in the NFL because Lamar hasn't had the greatest season. Like I believe he's, well, and he's Lamar's turning the ball over, which well, yeah. And Lamar's that, also that bottom tough. 30 in passing stats. Like I know he's but not that, a primary yeah, like, this thing, but he should be though. Like you yes. can't, he can't rely on his legs because people are trying to already starting to figure not when out. You're, you, yeah. You have to throw when you're an MVP. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry too much about the Bengals still. I mean, we've talked about that all year. I wouldn't worry about the Bengals in general. Um, Mixon has got to be a little bit more active. He's got to just play better. He was also on the injury report this week. So there might have been been something there. Nursing something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The Raiders upset the Chiefs to hand Kansas City their first loss this year. That was one of the only games I actually watched today for the most part. It was a really fun game to watch. I mean, 40 to 32 uh, I mean, the AFC West is wide open now because the Raiders have two pretty big upsets in the Saints and the Chiefs now. They look like a good team because their defense is playing well. And when their wide receiver core is healthy, which it's not going to be all season because Tyrell Williams is out for the season, but Henry Ruggs and, and the rest of this and Darren, uh, Darren Waller, who's just an amazing tight end, like the these guys have been really good. Aguilar has even been really good with the 59-yard touchdown and Ruggs with that 72-yard touchdown towards the end of the game. And one of the best backs in football right now, Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, this team is built to do some damage and they are going to be, they're going to be annoying like the Jaguars, but they're going to win more than they lose at this point. Like they're, they're going to be that tough kind of annoying where they're going to be a lot of upsets in their future. Most definitely. As far as the chiefs go though. I mean, again, not worried. Like uh, we've seen, they needed to lose that. That's what that was. They needed to lose to kind of get central there to get centered and kind of focus. Yeah, they'll be okay going forward. I still expect them to probably win the division, um, but I could see oh, the Raiders yeah. now sneaking into that one of those wild card spots. Well, yeah, and watch for the Raiders to get hot in the postseason because they're the Raiders are one of those teams that would get hot in the postseason and really piss some people off. For sure, uh, not a lot to talk about here. The Cardinals beating the Jets thirty to ten. Um, it's good to see the Cardinals get back on track. Guess who, uh, can, guess who was the last team to win in MetLife Stadium? Uh, I mean, the Cardinals, the Guardians, the last home, oh, like team the home win, team, yeah, home team, the win is the Guardians. The XFL tweeted that today. They're still cheesing them. Our Guardians were my team, too. I hope they keep that because they, I, I they are They're keeping all the teams. Good. Good yeah. on Dwayne. Good on Dwayne. Love that. I think they might be adding a couple, too. Wouldn't mind that. At yeah, all. I'll say Milwaukee might be getting one. So keep an eye out. Ooh. I well, still be a Guardians. They're, they're a good medium-sized market, so that'd be great. Um, but Park, yeah, baby. 
I, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, not too much to say here because it was Joe Flacco still at quarterback. We still don't know what Sam Darnold's going to be doing. Hey, I'm um, telling you, Joe Flacco is the most underrated backup quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Adam Gase, though. Buy that. And that. We had Bill O'Brien and, and Dan Quinn, who definitely deserve to be fired. But Adam Gase, I would hire those two before Adam Gase any day of the week. Like, yeah. I still don't understand how he has a job. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers beat the Eagles 38 to 29. The Steelers, one of the last few undefeated teams. We'll see what happens tomorrow. The Tuesday night football. God, I forgot there's football tomorrow night or yeah. two, two nights. There's football yeah. tomorrow and on Tuesday. Um, that'll be awesome. But uh, we'll see what, because those two teams on Tuesday are undefeated. So we'll see what happens there. But as of right now, I believe it's the Packers, the Steelers, the Bills, the Titans, and the Seahawks, which the Seahawks look like they're going to hold on. Um, they're looking to really fire up here with the injury to Delvin cook. So I don't know the Steelers, their offense looks great. Obviously putting up 38 points, chase Claypool. How do the Steelers, I don't think the Steelers have drafted a receiver higher than the second round, higher than the third round in like years, because Antonio Brown was a late round guy. Juju Smith-Schuster was a late round guy. Um, it, Mike Wallace, all these guys, Heinz Ward, and now chase Claypool. All these guys were late round, like third, third round yeah. and below. I would say because Juju Smith-Schuster was like the last one I could think of, I guess. And then Heinz Ward was another one that came to my head. But like yep. they were both late round. Because Juju was like an eighth, wasn't he? Like uh, I guess I don't remember. But I know that I, I've seen that stat somewhere. Maybe it wasn't first round. Maybe one of them was a second maybe round or something later. like that. But still, like the fact that they're able to find all these guys has just been you – know, oh, and Deontay Johnson, obviously, too. Like he's been great, too. Um, guy out of Toledo. Shout out, Toledo. Um the the oh, big story. second round second round on juju okay that's what i figured so he's probably the highest drafted receiver that they've had in a while yeah um the biggest story in this game to me was the steelers defense which statistically was the second best defense in the league but they're obviously one of the better ones they couldn't really handle this depleted eagles team who has been struggling all year but the eagles actually did really well um i mean carson wentz looked good they put up 29 points this is probably one of their better offensive games of the year it just had to come against the Steelers, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Carson Wentz just looked out of control. Um, some of those times when he was getting like, you know how there's quarterbacks that are composed when they're getting sacked. Carson Wentz looks like the little kid running away on the playground from the guys when they're trying to sack him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just quarterbacks are supposed to be in control of the game. And Carson Wentz is never that guy. And like I say, I've said all season, they picked the wrong guy. We all know it. So. I want you to remind me of that when we get to the Giants and the Vikings. Remind uh, me of what you just said there. What? Um, <laughs> because oh. I had the same exact thought when it was when it comes to other quarterbacks. Oh, Kirk Cousins, yeah. Yeah, and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Well, Daniel um, Jones is young. Yeah, but it's been a major problem. Uh, the Rams took on the football team. Okay, the Rams won 30 to 10. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. Alex Smith played football today. He did. Give him the comeback player of the year. I don't care. Give him the comeback player of the year. He it, like it's it's done. He won the award. He hadn't taken a <laughs> I I thought it was so funny that he hadn't taken a hit at all in practice all week, like all season that he has never taken a hit since the injury. And they just put, they had to throw him in because Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen was out I, with a uh, they thought it was a concussion. He ended up getting cleared, but Alex Smith stayed in. 
he looked decent. I mean, he didn't look bad. And for his first game, his leg looked to be holding up strong. He got tackled a few times by uh, Aaron Donald. So if he can take that. I think he's good. It was really funny. Also, I shouldn't say funny. It was interesting to see his family was there, his wife and his three kids and his wife did not like seeing him in the game. Glorified every time he gets hit. Oh my God. <gasps> you should have retired. Meanwhile, the little daughter was just standing there next to her dance and well, cheering like, her dad. You know, his wife is sitting over there like, you dumbass, you know, you don't got to be playing right now, but you love the game. You just gotta play because you love the game. <laughs> right. He's made enough money to fucking retire. He hasn't got to keep playing. He, he got, he had a Tua injury, a Tua level injury. And he's back playing football. Worse than Tua, arguably. He had a, he had a, Joe, he had a Joe Theismann type injury. Yeah, like career ending. And he broke, if it weren't he for broke modern his leg medicine, in two places. Yeah, modern medicine's the reason he's back. And it was it was his femur, wasn't it? Like his femur and like one of his the the two bones in his his lower leg. That was gross too. Like it was terrible. Yeah. So good on him though for coming back. Great on him. It was actually it was super emotional like uh, the guys on red zone were talking about how they had goosebumps the entire time that he was in like i did too uplifting. like i was what was for that franchise uplifting it was, it, was it was just awesome to see it was a really cool heartfelt moment uh bigger than the game that one um another quarterback story here in this one the dolphins beating the 49ers 43 to 17 uh, that's not where i thought you were going with that but i'll well that's a a better one <laughs> i didn't i didn't mess this up the Dolphins beat the 49ers 43 to 17. It's the well, first time the quarterback story. I didn't realize we we're going to talk about Jimmy or Jimmy Garoppolo taking a shit. We're going to get to that because I actually, you were, yeah, we're, let's talk. Well, the Dolphins look good. Like Fitzmagic's great. Like he said, he said earlier in the week that he wants more explosive plays from the Dolphins. And that's exactly what they got. Um, you know, the Dolphins played an all around great game, probably the best of the Brian Flores era. Like they looked really good. Um, but we talk about the, I want to talk about the 49ers because Jimmy did not look like he should not have come back. He could not put any pressure on that foot. And you could tell because he was not planting. He was not putting pressure on that foot. He wasn't getting set on his throws and he overthrew a lot of guys. He had a quarterback rating. I think he was seven of 17 with two interceptions. I believe his quarterback rating was 15.7. You are a hundred percent correct. I am looking stats. at the stat line right now. I'm a stats monster. Um, yeah, I Back three times and they and they replaced him in the second half with CJ Beathard. But they did say, I mean, this is this is what the 49ers said. So we'll take it with a pinch of salt. But the 49ers said this was for Jimmy's health, because I believe that they re realized what I realized is that he isn't 100 percent. We're going to lose this game already because we're down so big. Let's take Jimmy out so that he doesn't get hurt in this game. The basically meaningless game at that point. Let's take him out and get him healthy for next week. And, and maybe, who knows, maybe he'll sit another week because he did not he look did. good. The he, quarter zone shot weared off. That's what happened. Must have been. He, I, he just never got going, though. He just, and it, the people were saying rust, but he only missed like two weeks. You know what I'm thinking? I think he warmed up really well, and he must have stopped. And ankles are the worst. And ankles and feet, like as soon as you get them oh, yeah. warm and then you stop moving, oh, God rest your soul trying to get around anywhere because it turns into stone. It takes like three, four times as long to, to warm up an injured ankle or foot. So, yeah, yeah. it's probably smart if he sits out. And we're going to talk about ankles here in a little bit. Um, 
let's talk it, first. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's first talk about the Colts and the Browns. This was a really good back and forth game. I mean, a really good offense against a really good defense and the offense kind of won as we normally see in these battles. I believe this, you know, the stats, when you look at uh, good offenses versus bad off or good defenses, normally the offense does win. And this Colts defense, who's been really good all season, just couldn't slow down Cleveland early. And then it was just kind of a battle of, uh, you know, who can make the least amount of mistakes and mistakes in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, Phillip Rivers lost that battle. Uh, but I mean, Baker and this offense still look good, even without Nick Chubb, like Baker looks, I, he, there, listen, there were still a couple throws where Baker did not look good, but for the most part this season, Baker has looked incredibly better. <laughs> like well, he is. Yeah. And upper middle, upper middle quarterbacks where he is, or I guess he's like middle of the pack, just about Baker's about as middle as middle gets. When, when you've got five receivers that you're throwing the ball to, and they're getting three receptions, at least a game, five different guys. That's how mediocre quarterbacks win games is when you get everybody involved because you keep the defense on their toes. And Indianapolis is one of the best defenses in the league. And when you keep them guessing, that's how you get any good defense to not necessarily play at their best game. So really good move on Baker dispersing the ball evenly. I'm sure that's also a, a testament to their play calling. Yeah. Um, I mean, still look for the Colts to have a pretty successful season. I think it, they're, they're, I know, they're still Super Bowl threats. They're the Colts. They're, their defense is fantastic. I don't get why they don't give Taylor Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Like there, I still see Hines and Wilkins in there way too much. Bad still, coaching, man. It really seems to be like, I don't get it. When they had Marlon Mack last year, like, yeah, we saw Hines every once in a while, but we never saw Wilkins last year. It was Marlon Mack. And I think it's because he's a rookie. I I get that. But man, when the stats are so in favor of Jonathan Taylor over the There's other two. Such a stigma of rookies that aren't like top level quarterbacks or wide receivers. But with running backs, the the prime like this is the prime for Jonathan Taylor this is their prime age is their first like he's, three or four seasons been, yeah so he's already been in it uh, like the last two seasons and he's a workhorse like yeah. I don't I just don't get why they don't use him more you I know think, he is a guy that gets better the more you use him yeah I unwind I I don't get it but I I mean hey the Browns are looking good I th- that NFC North division is yeah ridiculous like especially with the in the in a few years when the Bengals are good Holy shit. I mean, I, I don't know how long Big Ben's still going to be there, but I mean, there this is going to be a three horse race for this division for a long time to come. I think, you know, good on Cleveland for getting there too. They've been through a lot of shit. So to build this roster, they've done a good job. I agree. All right. The New York giants lost to the Dallas Cowboys 37 to 34. <sighs> Dak Prescott went down with a six and a half minutes to go in the game. I believe with a, just gruesome, gruesome ankle injury. I believe I don't now. I'm forgetting. I'll bring up the actual Adam Schefter tweet here to what the actual injury was. I think it was a dislocation. It was a dislocated a, ankle with a compound a ten, fracture. Yeah, a compound fracture with a tendon tear. So now here's the thing: what we haven't gotten word on is what his Achilles looks like. Oh God, I didn't even think about. I well, you have to. So now. I'm going to bring back a rough memory that most of the country watched uh, Kevin Ware uh, yep. in Louisville. So when that, that's an example of a compound fracture um, when the compound fractures, when the bone breaks completely and 
there uh, a common side effect of that is skin protrusion, so it breaks through. And the um, this and Dax Dax did break through. Yes, it did. And luckily, there was a sock that was in the way. Um, but it so the the issue with the ankle is when you break bone. Bone is sharp. It's hard. And the way in which he did it in the twisting motion, there's a lot of moving parts that are not bone in your ankle. And that's also a movement that's very common with tearing your Achilles. And so there is a chance that not only did he, he has confirmed dislocated compound fractured and tore some sort of ligaments in his ankle. Yeah. And he was throwing Achilles on that. And this is a contract year. Now, here's the thing. Jerry Jones, if you don't pay this man, because here's the thing. He went out there to prove himself to you. He literally put his body on the line. If Jerry Jones is going to sit up there like the slave owner that he treats himself like he is, and he doesn't pay this man. At, hmm. You got my leg hurt and bringing up Kevin Ware. Goddamn. Well, like. <laughs> Like it, this is a more serious injury than that because of all of the the meat and tendons involved in the ankle. I should say the tendons involved in the ankle. There's a lot yeah. more things that could go wrong, and I think one of the the scariest parts about football is not just the way you get hit, but the way you're planted when you get hit. Yep. Because you have to remember, football cleats are you know three inches regularly, and in the rain they're sometimes up to five or five and a half inches. And these turf fields, they played on an artificial turf field, I believe, today when this happened. Um, where were they playing? Yeah, they were they must have been at Dallas because yeah. the Jets were the Jets were at home. Yes. So that means it, those fields are designed to stick in and have really good contact. And there's little rubbery bits in those fields. Yep. They get caught and stuck and you can't move. And so his foot plants and just breaks. And so it's complete separation. It would not surprise me if it's an Achilles injury too, on top of it. And that takes him out almost two full years. Man, I didn't even think about the Achilles. I mean, and I, I, I didn't even hear about the tendons too, but it, it didn't even cross my mind because just the, just the compound fracture and the dislocation and everything like that. And they, another thing that was brought up, Mike Florio at halftime of the, of the Sunday night game, um, because of the, because it broke the skin, there's also fear of infection. Um, especially luckily the sock there, his, his whole sock and stuff is over it though. So, right. No, I know, but there's still that huge, especially in these first 24 hours, there's still that huge, uh, risk of infection. So the doctors are going to have to, uh, keep an eye on that. He was in the hospital before the game was even done. He was there. Uh, his brother posted a picture of him smiling. Um, so, I mean, he's in good spirits at least. Um, but man, you know what? They got a quarterback down there. So, yeah. I mean, they're – wait, who, who's their backup right now? Do they have Andy Dalton? Yeah, it's Dalton. Yeah, so they, they got a, they've got still got a quarterback, arguably one that might be better than McCarthy's system. Now, I'm not saying that it, it had to take for Dak to completely destroy his foot and maybe Dak, his career to happen. But Dak, Dak was on a record-setting pace. I was about to say, he started to look good, and that's where this gets super unfortunate is right when he had to start yeah. looking good. I'm, I'm not a Dak fan. Not at all. Not I've I've been against him ever since he got drafted. He just he hasn't impressed me. He puts up the big numbers, but it feels like it's because of the talents around him. 
but I'm putting that aside because this is a terrible thing to happen to a really good guy. Like the Dak, the person I've really come to respect over the past year because of all the things he dealt with, with his brother over the year, uh, over the past year and everything that he had to go through with the media too. I really hope that no one jumps on this. Um, but like you could see the outpouring support when he was being carted off the field, the entire team went to him. The entire team was down on the knee. The giants were down on the knee that everyone was just, in shock and just wholly disappointed that this happened. And it, what was even, what was actually a cool moment was Jason Garrett, who's obviously uh, the former Cowboys head coach. He's now the offensive coordinator for the giants. He went over to Mike McCarthy and they were kind of consoling each other while this happened too. The, it's just, the, it's heartbreaking. Like, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a Dak fan. I did like, I don't think he should have got paid that money, but at when, it, at the end of the day, this is, nothing you never want to see this kind of thing like ever to any type of player and the the thing about like you said deck the person is just a a a different level of good human so it just it sucks because there's guys that don't deserve this and there's guys in every professional sports league that are unanimously loved by everybody no matter who they are and deck is that guy like nobody hates Dak. So the fact that this has to happen to him just really sucks. It was very unfortunate. I'm glad they got the win, honestly. Um, yeah, definitely. They're still only two and three. I don't know. They're probably still going to win the division. I, because this division is terrible. Well, Andy Dalton's a fucking good quarterback. People Andy Dalton's that. good. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, and he's kind of Aaron Rodgers. depending like the way Mike McCarthy could use him. Didn't he, didn't he lead the Bengals to like four straight playoff games? Yeah. That, that's I people fail to realize just because they're in Cincinnati doesn't mean they weren't making playoff games. Yeah. Joe Burrow's so, inherited a good team with a, a really good wide receiver in AJ green. So yeah. 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 So thoughts out to Dak. Uh, yeah, man. That's just terrible. Um, so this game, unfortunately, isn't done yet. <laughs> But we're, we're still going to talk about it because, if yeah. anything, we're going to have two games to talk about on Thursday, too. So we can kind of wrap up our final thoughts uh, come Thursday when we record, too. Um, Minnesota literally just scored with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter to go up 25. Well, maybe 26 to 21 here. We'll see. It's 26-21. What, uh, it's okay, cool. Yeah, you made the extra kick. Oh, yeah, I see it on my phone now. Um. But Russell Wilson's gonna win the game, so it's this fine. was a this was a game of two halves, like, and we don't even know how it's gonna end. But like, the, the Seahawks went scoreless. It was thirteen zero at halftime. Well, they and- just weren't. They just didn't get cooking. I, don't, I they just didn't get in a rhythm. Like Russell Wilson looked great, but it the was, rest of the team just didn't look hot. And you know, like, kudos to the Vikings on their game plan because they won time of possession. I don't know the actual numbers. I haven't actually seen them, so I don't know if they actually won time of possession. But just looking at the stats. Or, or, or at like specifically Seattle stats, like uh, Chris yeah, Carson had the only way. Yeah. Chris Carson had three carries and that, and, and Russell was perfect. He didn't have an incomplete pass seven, but somehow, seven in the first half. Yeah. But somehow they didn't score at all. Like not even a field goal. Like that's crazy to me. Um, so good on the Vikings. I, the Vikings are getting better. It's like Justin Jefferson, the emergence of him, like he was obviously a great draft pick for them. I, yeah, I, I still don't, I'm still not a fan of Kirk. Like he's made a couple bad plays, especially in the second half. I, I still like the Seahawks to win this. Like you said, I think Russ, it's going to come down to which quarterback do you trust to win the game? I trust Russ way more than I trust Kirk, especially on prime time. 
Especially so, he, I, I, and I think on top of that, Russ knows his teammates better. Yeah. And I, in situations like this, when you're on prime time, you know, when, when the, like the, there's potential for playoff spots to be on the line here. Like this is a really important game. So at least, sure. at least, at least, cause let's be real. If the Vikings lose this game, they're probably done for the season. They like this be. is really their last chance. There's, so there's a lot yeah. writing on this for them as well. And Kirk Cousins too, because this is kind of his last chance to show off what he's got for the rest of his career. Yeah. Because if he doesn't win here, he's going to end up in the Andy Dalton's of the world. And to Andy Dalton's credit, that's the no fault of his own. That's just the market. He was in the situation that teams are finding themselves in with quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, all right. To wrap up here tonight, and maybe waste a little bit of time to see if this game unfolds a little more. Uh, let's talk about these rescheduling uh, conflicts that the NFL is going through, because uh, I, it, I don't even know. All I saw that the, was that the game was rescheduled. What happened in new England? No, they're just giving them more. They're giving them more time for quarantining and healing and stuff. They're okay. just, they're just giving them extra time. There haven't been any more positive tests or anything. Okay. Um, that's good. But what I'll say is I, give the NFL credit because you, the NFL is the most expensive operation in professional sports in the world, more than soccer. And that that's the second closest. And I think cricket would probably be third and maybe rugby like th these international sporting events get wild, but Apparently. I think by far football is the most expensive sport in the world to run. And the fact that the NFL is able to switch games and still being able to hold them and like run them out properly, you know, a week out is extraordinarily impressive. And I think yeah. Roger Goodell has really been focusing on having strong communication because that's the only way something like this works. Cause everyone from the top down has to be bought into a system like on a sports team to run this fluidly. And I honestly, the NFL hasn't looked this good like operations wise in a really long time and it's in the middle of a global pandemic and they've got outbreaks on a couple teams and yeah. yet it still seems like this is the smoothest the nfl's been running in a long time yeah. you know what i well, mean are you yeah, oh for sure yeah goodell's um, doing a great job right now like which yeah. i never thought i'd say that no Honestly. for sure and well because i i think to to that to that point like with this schedule change for this week, they had to rearrange, I believe eight different teams and like eight different weeks. There's a lot of games that have to be shuffled around. Um, and, and that includes bye weeks. Like that's going to throw off a lot of plans, but it's kind of what we have to do. And the big thing is the, the big discussion now is adding an 18th week and the NFL has talked about it now. Not I think it should have been a plan all along. Like, now, I, okay. So yeah. here, here's what the NFL, so they've talked about it. What they're, what they're saying is it's a last resort if another game gets rescheduled, it's going, they don't want to do it because it, it affects a lot of like, I don't know. It, it, it's very complicated to add that last week. You'd have to push a lot of things back. There's going to be a lot of rescheduling. Playoffs. Yeah. Well, and, and because what happens if another, like if the Titans have to cancel one more game, like then yeah, you might 19th. exactly. And they don't want to well, get okay. that ball rolling. No, I, I understand that. I, I do. I really do. But because... they're open to it. But the, if they need to do it, they're going to do it. Okay. That's my point. Now, I'm going to think a little bit more from a, a cynical business end. I really like the idea of a week 18. I mean, I'd get more football, so I'd be fine with it. You get more football. Well, technically they, not. It's spread out more football, I guess. Well, 
It's but the advertising dollars are different because when if it's a single one-off game, especially if it's a single one-off game in prime time, you're telling me that if there's only three games in week 18, they're not all prime time games. Well, I mean, just think about this week specifically. You, I can imagine CBS is probably asking a lot of money for this Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, like Saturday. This is, yeah, is there going to be Saturday after? I, I don't know, but I think they're talking about it. I don't know if they ended up changing it. Let me see. I don't see. I see two no. Monday night games next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, but st- I mean, it's 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 a it's a possibility that we get some Saturdays, especially because like if a team if a team gets pushed back to Monday because of COVID, but they have a Thursday night game, like that could either get pushed back to Saturday or Sunday, depending on what their next week's schedule is. Like, there's a lot of balancing going on, and I think you're right. I think the NFL is handling this beautifully at this point. Way better than we were expecting them to. Oh, for sure. And um, it, what's really nice too is all of the really good college teams playing on Saturdays aren't playing in prime time anymore. They're playing earlier in the day, which is do something. See, do you see what game was this Saturday night? No. What is it? Georgia Bama. I bet you that's why they're not doing Saturday night football this week then, because that that's something that ESPN and Pat have been talking about where they were talking about how they can do Saturday night games because they're not doing the major schools on primetime on Saturdays anymore. They're all playing in the middle of the day, which yeah, makes true. like Clemson's been playing at like noon to four o'clock every weekend. So, well, that's cause they're not necessarily getting like when it's a matchup like Bama, Georgia, where they're two, three right now, like then, yeah, well, you're gonna... and there's not a lot of those matchups because of COVID. So exactly. it's creating these opportunities for the NFL to play on Saturday night. Vikings just got a pick off Russell Wilson. So is that game over? No, there's still about six minutes left, but it very well could be because I believe they're right at midfield. So it's at least a field goal of a good kicker. Yeah, which they have Dan Bailey, so it's probably yeah. a field goal if they get a first down or two. We'll see. Does this... that make it a two-score game? Um, Right now it's a five. So, no, it'd still be a one-score game. Still a be eight points. Two-point conversion, yeah. And yeah. with Russell Wilson, that, that's, that's eight points. That's not hard. Yeah, so we got a good finish on uh, for this game coming yes. up. Um, and I think I think what we're gonna do since we're we're probably gonna wrap up right now anyway. I think what we'll do is we'll talk Sunday night football. We'll talk Monday and Tuesday night football when once we get to Thursday, and then we'll preview all the games like we normally do and talk Thursday night football. <laughs> Sounds good for to sure. Because now and now with the upcoming weeks too, we're we're gonna have a lot of NBA offseason stuff. I know the NHL has been fucking crazy. I don't even but, follow NHL, but I know it's thing- been. The oh. NHL, yeah, they're saying like a third of the league got reshuffled. Alexander Madison just had like a 25, 30 yard run. <laughs> so is the game over? Or they're going to get at least three points. They're here. at least going to get three. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for N- uh, NBA offseason, obviously. MLB, we're coming up on the, uh, you know, the, we're in the, the championship series for both leagues. So we're coming up on World Series for that. That's going to be an interesting offseason as well. So there's going to be a lot ready in the about. NBA for a lot of short-term deals because the, the idea of, of the, uh, the cap changing might get pushed back a year or two because of COVID. So we don't know where that, that lies right now. So keep an eye out for that. And there's, there could be a lot more training trades this off season than we were expecting because there's mm-hmm. not going to be as many people signing. So, cause there's a lot of contracts signed last season. A lot of teams don't want to pay anymore. Yeah, for sure. So 
that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at FR Carroll Podcast. Follow me at Howard J. Dingers. Follow Hanson at Hanson McElvain. Follow the other podcast, one more last one, um, on iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, everything. <laughs> Go check that out. We've been having a lot, of, a lot of fun with that, a lot of success with that. I'm very happy with that podcast right now. Um, yeah, Thursday night. We'll talk Thursday night football and all these other primetime primetime games from the end of week five here. And we'll also preview week six as we do. So thank you for listening. We will see you later this week. They all watching like what you do with it. It's the night I'm on a move with it. They all watching like what you do with it. Look at them go, look at them go.